Our gospel lesson comes from the book of Luke, beginning in the third chapter in the first verse. Hear now the word of the Lord. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We are in the middle of the Advent season, where we as a people of faith are awaiting the coming King. How peculiar then that the first part of our scripture reading this morning spends so much time talking about who else is ruling during the time that John the Baptist comes. It's fitting that as we hear the words from Luke, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, that before we get there, we are reminded of all the other happenings that are taking place in first century Palestine. You have Tiberius, the Roman governor, occupying the land of Palestine, reminding the people that they are not in charge of their own kingdom. You hear of Pontius Pilate. His name will come up again during the crucifixion story of Jesus in a few years' time. And also many other rulers of the areas nearby. It's a reminder that the word of God comes to John the Baptist in the middle of everyday life. We could say in the second year of the presidency of Donald Trump, when Bill Snyder is giving way to being governor and instead passing the torch to Gretchen Whitner, when our political parties are dealing with the transition of power that happens after an election year, when Pope Francis rules in the Vatican over the Catholic Church, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. It is a reminder that the word of God reaches us in the midst of our daily life as we go about business as usual. Just as we say in the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, we also could say in the 25th year of my work at my company, in the fifth year of being a parent, in the third season since I lost that loved one. We have these ways of marking everyday life among us. And the question is, for us this morning, 
do we hear the word of God coming to us? And we might learn, just like John did, that perhaps the places that we hear the word of God come through the experience of the wilderness. John is the son of Zechariah, one of those promised births that come at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus isn't the only one. John, too, was a miraculous birth. And now we hear of his ministry going around the region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance, an opportunity for people to start their lives over, to live a life of clarity, of renewed purpose, of understanding what is a way to live a straight way of life, a smooth path through a very complicated life. But in our gospel, we are always remembering that this took place in the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor, and so on and so on. This call to live a straight life, a life where the path that you follow is clear and the way to live makes sense, feels harder to hold on to when you know that Pilate rules, that the obligations of work conflict with your desire to live a particular family life, when your obligations come up with not having enough time, enough money, enough resources to make things the way you would like. And that's even the more challenging during this time of the year. Advent, of course, is a time of waiting. It is a season that attempts to create a feeling of openness in us. How often in gatherings in beautiful spaces like this do we leave candles unlit? Advent is meant to leave us open and waiting. But the way that December goes in our day and age often feels more hurried, more rushed, more things to do, more parties to plan for, end-of-year goals to attain, to-do lists to start to create for the new year. I was at a gathering last night of a collection of Fort Streeters in one of our members' homes. We are doing Advent gatherings throughout the community during the month of December. And over the course of our conversation, one of our members said, well, isn't it interesting that we used to follow the paths of agriculture? That we would be very busy during the summer months as a people. And then by the time December came around, most of the heavy work was done. That was the time when the nights were longer and the days were shortest. When all of the crops were out of the fields and you would do other work. But certainly not at the pace and the rate that we do in December now. There's a challenge for us to think about Advent, this time of waiting, when in reality we are at our busiest during this time of the year, holding space for unlit candles is incredibly hard for us to do. So this morning, let us remember that for John the Baptist, the word of God came to him 
in the wilderness. The wilderness is that place beyond the true scope of control of those leaders like Tiberius and Pilate and Philip and Lysanias. They mostly were city folk. They stayed where there were centers of power, where they could exert control, but they didn't spend as much time out in the wilderness. They had more important things to do. But all the same, the wilderness was there, and it was where John found God. The wilderness is a reminder that there are always limits to how far we can go as a people. That there are always places where civilization will not reach. Where there are always people whose voice or perspective we don't hear. In the midst of hearing all the business about the pilots and the Tiberiuses and all those other people that dominate the news headlines. Today, in this day and age, wilderness might seem far away from us. We have contained what is wild in our society to parks, reserves, preserves, in places that we have held on to elements of what it is to live in the wilds of the world. And it is to our detriment. Because the wilderness is an important place for us to remember that we are limited people. We do not have endless reserves of time or money or energy. And eventually, all of the activity starts to wear on us. And we can no longer hear that still, small voice that often prefers to meet us in the places of wilderness in our lives. Friends, that is the challenge for us, to understand this journey of preparation during Advent, is it is a time where even the earth itself becomes wild, not a time where we can control and manage how the soil yields its fruit. We are far away from those rhythms of life in our day and age, but the wilderness still meets us in those times where we find that we are not in control in life where our plans for where we are going break down, when we find unexpected people speaking truth to us. It is in those moments where we are faced with our own limitations, but God speaks. It is those experiences in the wilderness that reminds us that we only are lighting these candles in the hope of the light that is yet to dawn in this world. It is a reminder that it is in the wilderness that we often find the true peace. The peace not that we can control everything and finally have all of the details of our life arranged in a way that we seem to have control. Rather, it is the peace that comes upon us when we accept that we are enough because Jesus Christ has claimed us. That we are enough, not by all of the things that we can accomplish during this busy time, but because the light will break into the world. And it is in that hope and that peace that we can find moments of openness. So friends, as we await this Christmas story's full coming 
in just a few weeks. Allow for unlit candles to have their own space. Allow for moments of wilderness, maybe not in where you can travel in this day and age, but allow for moments of wilderness in your time, unstructured time, time where you can connect with one another or with nature. That was a reminder for me this morning. Often on Sunday mornings, it is my time to make sure that I know what I'm talking about for this morning's sermon. And this morning, the wilderness for me was letting go additional sermon preparation because my kids wanted to perform African drumming and dancing on top of the couch. And so this morning, we watched them stand up and do somersaults on the couch, and I was drumming on the floor, letting go of trying to prepare the way I would seem appropriate. But it was a moment of wilderness in the midst of a very busy time that allowed for deeper connection. Being a pastor is a very full job during the holidays. And so it was a chance for my kids to remind me that those moments of wilderness are the times when God's word comes closest to us. So in the midst of this time, claim unlit candles. Candles that give you space to engage with somebody on a deeper level than just checking boxes off of your to-do list. Find space to connect with God in ways that don't always fit the neat boxes of time that we give God. Find ways of encountering the depth of the mystery of this season that all of our activity seeks to hide. Because, as John reminds us, in the midst of all the comings and goings, the word of God indeed is coming into the world. May we find it in the wilderness. Amen. And now let us rise in body and, or spirit and sing hymn number 163, Wild and Lone, the Prophet's Voice. <laughs> 